Welcome back to the episode of On the Clock with Damian and Jeremy. I'm Damian Parson. That is Jeremy Dove. Good morning to you, sir. And how and how are you doing? What say you? What's going on? Hey, it's NFL draft time. We're kicking it off. To me, the senior bowl is where it really kicks off. Yes. It really gets people going. You get a lot of talks, a lot of conversation going. So it's great to me because the NFL draft, it's 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 where teams' futures, teams' hopes and dreams lie. It, it starts right there. The team, maybe if you're one of those teams in the top ten, if you're a San Fran, if you're a Raiders, if you're the Jets or the Giants, there's hope. You had a rough season, but there's hope. And it starts right now. So it's always great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Let's go ahead and get right into it. And let's talk about, uh, you know, like I said, the Senior Bowl and everything. Who will make some money? Who will make some money on Saturday, man? Who are going to be the guys that will make some money? Like I said, I'm going to start with you, man. Well, what, what's, we're going to go two guys apiece. Who's your first guy? I'm looking at Mr. Montez Sweat, Deanna, Mississippi State. Uh, the SEC conference should be known as D-Lineman, the, the conference of the D-Lineman, the way it's been this past, I say, decade, decade and a half. But mm-hmm. Montez Sweat, 6'6", 245 to 250, edge rusher. I think he's been known as people are going into it as a second-round talent. I think this week, in doing the senior role practices, he has stood high and above every other D-Lineman. It was in a group that's presently at the Senior Bowl with a lot of good defensive linemen. He stood head and shoulders above the crowd with you know, as the best with his explosive first step and the way he has power to move those tackles. Montez Sweat's a guy to me that will start. He's starting this week. Will be looked at as going from a day two prospect to a day one prospect. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um... I'll, I'll counter you with your defense, and I'll give you a little bit of offense here. Okay. And I'm going to go with um, Debo Samuel. You know, everybody, everybody, especially in the black community, know the name Debo. Debo? Um, you know, from, from the Friday series, you know, Friday and next Friday. But this Debo is six foot 210, and he's a fast receiver. He's not like 6'4", 250, and, and, and a big bully. But this guy can also bully corners on the football field. Debo Samuel is an explosive receiver. And, and if he played with a better quarterback, no, no, no flack to Jake Bentley. He just was he just wasn't that good um, at South Carolina. If he plays with a better quarterback, his numbers are better or even better. Um, he, he battled some injuries a little bit, but he's an explosive guy. Uh, you know, have he's multifaceted at the line of scrimmage. When I say that, Jeremy, I mean, when you look at his release points and how he can get off of press coverage, how he can force guys to not put their hands on them, because a lot of times when you get a cornerback feet moving more than they want you to have them moving, they can't get their hands on you because they're worried about making sure they don't slip, you know? And he has that type of footwork that really, and I mean really, will, will, will leave a cornerback in one spot because his, his fakes and, and everything, he comes out of that with a burst that can get up the field. If you don't get your hands on him and you give him a free release, it's going to be a problem. And I think he's going to make some money. If he's able to go out there and show great hands, you know, separation, that explosive nature, not just at the line of scrimmage, but downfield and after the catch, he's going to make some money. Because right now, he's looking at a day three, you know, you know, third, you know, third, fourth round guy. Jeremy, might I say, I think he can get into the bottom of the first round with a good starting with a good senior bowl and then a good draft a uh, 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 a good draft process. Okay, okay, I love it. I'm, I think Debo uh, definitely. I I can't disagree with anything you said. I think he can really be that guy to rise in the draft and a name that we're going to be hearing a lot of come starting this weekend, but then come February and into March with the combine and his pro day. I'm looking at a guy who has not has not had the greatest uh, week so far. But there's one thing that Orlando Brown Jr. taught me last year is to 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 look beyond that, to not to not knock somebody because maybe they didn't have the greatest week. To not just be an in the moment flash of the pan kind of football fan slash observer slash reporter slash scout that we are on on the clock podcast. I'm looking at Andre Dillard, the big tackle from Washington State. 
Mm. And he has not had the kind of week that I would have liked him to have as a guy who is pro the big sexies and their number one advocate in the world. He has not shown the week that he can. But with that length and size, I think he is a talent that can still move. If he has, starting this Saturday, having a good senior bowl performance against there's a so, the, the crop of D linemen and edge rushers that are there, it will be huge for Andre Diller to say, all right, I didn't practice well, but you know what? I'm a gamer. I'm a baller. I can get the job done. He can be a first-round uh, talent, a guy that can bump up into the later end of the first round and a team looking for some tackle help, a team looking for some, uh, you know, someone to kind of help protect that quarterback would, I think, would get a benefit from getting Andre Diller. To me, it's looking at the guys like Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, we talked heavily off the air about Trent Brown, that these guys who maybe don't have the greatest motor in practices, but when it comes to the game, they will get the job done and they'll keep your quarterback looking clean. I oh, think yeah. Andre Dillard has that potential. So don't sleep on him yet just because he may not have had the best practices. No, not at all. You, you, you can't – can't just take because you know there's three four days of practice, so you can't just take one and be like, oh man, he's not he's not gonna do much. But you know, think. yeah, you know, people do that. People yeah, want to on all positions, not just tackles. But you know, there is real flash in the pan, one or two bad practices, and he's got to drop. I don't want him. Yeah. I don't want this. Can't and do they're that. They're missing out. They're missing out on talent. Hey, I got a channel with Michael Singletary. Can't win with him. Can't do it. Can't do it. Nope. <laughs> can't do it. I can't work with you. Can't That's do it. Right. That's right. That's right. I don't want you as a colleague if you're going to be doing crazy stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next guy, uh, next guy, I think is going to make some money from uh, from uh, college. He went to college at Elon. Oli uh, Oli Udo, six five, three fifty six. But Jeremy, as we stated before, you're looking at you know talking about some of these uh, these tackles. He reminds me kind of what Tyron Smith looked like because he's not. The he's not the old school type of type of guy. He doesn't even look three. He doesn't even look three fifty six. Like he has a type of frame, a type of body that allows you to. He has athletic traits. He already is a developmental tackle at this point because of his traits. But watching him against uh, the the kid from Old Dominion, uh, you know, and, and he has a lot of hype. I can't pronounce his name for anything, so I really don't even know. I want to try it. But you'll see, you'll see his name flash, uh, you know, this Saturday as well. But watching him, he had a lot of hype coming into the, to the week, into these practices, and watching the reps between him and, and, and Udo, I'm telling you, Udo was able to lock him down. He, he, he was able to stall him at every set, at every move, and, and he has that, that athletic ability. He, he has the big frame, and he's strong. So I, I really like what I see from him, and I think he's going to make some money, man. So shout-out to to, uh, to Uli Udo. No, I agree. Udo. I agree, and I think it's big for scouts and for uh, people who are getting into uh, the NFL draft process from listening to our show or, you know, whatever, who are people who are NFL fans who don't follow college football as well and follow this process – that to me, we need to get past, especially when it comes down to, I'll say starting with I think two two position groups. I'm looking or three technically the line of scrimmage on offensive line and defensive line and quarterbacks. It will, we've talked about Kyler Murray already and his height, but stop looking at that prototypical just body frame. The game has changed. To me, it's about character, intelligence. It's about it being able to endurance. So to me, I say, I don't care what the number weight is. People have different body frames. Weight, how is the distributed throughout your body looks different. But hey, if I know it, how come these experts don't know it? It looks different on everybody. To me, it's it does he have get and so far I've not heard Damien, if I'm wrong, please correct me, that this guy doesn't have a motor. He does that he gasses out that he can't finish a game. To me number on the weight and saying, hey. What's going on here? They need to lose a few LBs or in other cases right, gain right. some LBs. But if you have that motor, you have what it takes. And I do believe once you get into an NFL, you know, OTAs, training camp, all that stuff, your body will mold anyway. We've seen it in all right, sports, yeah. but definitely in football. So people are going to look at that number. And I think just to 
I think for these quote unquote draft experts, even though we know we are the draft experts, but of these course. quote unquote draft experts, they're going to say, oh, his problem is he needs to lose weight. I'm not necessarily say that and jump on that and make that be a hindrance for a team looking at him. So I, I like that name a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Um, let's see. Next up, because like I said, I mean, looking at, at, at what we have in this senior bowl, you know, it's a lot of talent. This, this senior bowl is, stopped, is stocked with talent. Um, what is the most important position group, though, to you? For me, the most important one right now, I, I, I'm going to go different. I know people – I think this year it's not the quarterbacks, but people are going to say quarterbacks just because we're in a quarterback-crazed society. society. Yeah. You know? So every year I think any quarterback will get buzzed. Um, there's a plethora of, of pass rushers, but then to me that also – that makes it important, but then that also makes it – you don't have to reach on one because there's so many D-linemen in this draft or edge rushers or PD tackles. There's so many, so why reach on someone unless you think he is that next J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald type of guy? I'm looking at the wide receivers, though. I'm looking at, hey, guys who can be playmakers to help. If I'm a team that already, if I have my quarterback or I have my quarterback who's developing, who I like, and we need to get more playmakers around him, I'm looking at guys like Cam Newton in Carolina. Need more playmakers. Russell Wilson to me in Seattle. You need more playmakers. There's Dak Prescott in Dallas. Need more playmakers on offense. These guys, whether, you know, we can debate whether they're, they're tractors or trailers, but they're the guy. And to me, they need help on, on the team with playmakers and with receivers. So I'm looking at the wide out position from Andy Isabella, the quick wide receiver from UMass. Hey, mm-hmm. I just talked about don't be fooled by size. You're going to hear five foot eight, 186. And you're going to go, oh, no, he's short. No, no. Hey, a good, quick, Wes Welker type of receiver, a guy who can be effective, who can move the chains. He can get – he's quick and speedy. He can be that slot guy. can get some yak for you. How important, how huge is that for an offense, Dame? I like Andy Isabella. You mentioned the guy who my, my eyes are on as well as yours, Debo Samuel, how impressive yes. he's been on the field but also off the field. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. You know, Debo Samuel. Impressive because he's – a lot of people have liked how he's presented himself off the field. Let's – you know, let's not forget, this is the world's biggest job interview. So what you say and how you present yourself when you're talking to teams, talking to the media, they want to see if you're an immature kid. Can you handle the spotlight? Can you handle the attention that comes when you are a professional football player? He's hand, he's impressed people with how he's handled himself. I want to continue to see him do that. There's just so uh, Jacoby Myers from North Carolina State. There's uh, Kelvin Harmon also from North Carolina State. There's just so many people from um, from the wide receiver position group that hey teams that need to add more playmakers, teams that need to get that receiving help to get hey passing is key in this league. We're seeing it. I know you're a running back guy. You may hurt to hear it. But, hey, getting those receivers, those weapons for your QBs to depend on is huge. So, to me, the wide receiver position is the one I'm looking at. Oh, yeah, man. I, I like it a lot. I like it a lot, man. Um, for me, I, and like I said, it's not – it shouldn't be the quarterbacks. But, of course, everybody loves the quarterbacks. And, and that's where everybody's pointing to. They're, they're looking – that's the position everybody's looking at. But for me, yes, the NFL is protecting your quarterback, having a good quarterback, but it's also getting too – getting to the quarterback. And for me, I'm looking at the edge presence, man. Jonathan Ledbetter, O'Shane Eximi, the, the kid from Old Dominion, Montez Sweat, of course. Um, There's so many names, so many names, so many different guys here that they are going to make noise and, and possibly make rosters and, and help teams in different sets get after the quarterback, man. I'm telling you right now, a couple other names that, that, that you definitely want to look out for, Charles and Menehue from Texas, LJ Collier from TCU, both six, uh, LJ 6'4", 276, Charles is 6'6", 275. Then you look at Jalen Jelks, 6'6", 245. You know, it's so many different guys here that are going, Ben uh, Benogu, Benogu, 
outside linebacker, 6'4", 249 uh, from TCU as well. Then you look at um, the young man, Zach Allen, from, uh, from Boston College, 6'5", 285, 290. You know, he's a powerful beast that's going to push guys in the pocket. He's probably going to be better inside rushing, but either way, he can do it from both. He, he can do both. He can do both. So uh, this, this, this pass rushing group, to me, is it, probably the most important group because you need to, to – every team can upgrade the pass rush. And you look at what you guys had in Philly last year, you had a rotation of plenty. Yes. More, a, 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 a smorgasbord uh, of guys, you know. You had that. And, and, and that's, what you want. that's what you need when you can have that rotation. You know, when guys you get rest. Up, yeah, you, click, you kick a guy down inside that you know, like a Brandon Graham or whatever, you put him over guards with, with, with his, his hand placement and his quickness and his power, he can get back there. Then you have a Chris Long on the outside. You have a <clears> – you know what I'm saying? You have so many different guys. So, yeah, you, every team need. I know my Patriots need it. You know, we need edge rushers. Every team needs edge rushers, man. So the edge rusher group to me is the most important. Well, I have to agree. It is. We we've seen it. We're seeing it this year with with uh, how huge it is to have people who can rush the quarterback. We suffer, like you mentioned, my Eagles last year in the Super Bowl. Um, it is important, and to me, this is the year of it. The, last year, the year of the quarterback. This year is the year of the D lineman because there is just so many that if you want to build that defense and stopping the run or getting to the uh, getting to the, the quarterback. This is it. This is the year, man. It's it's like you said, smorgasbord. It's a smorgasbord of guys. You don't have to reach for. I mean, unless you believe he's a transcending type of talent, you don't have to reach for a pass rusher or or, or a, a run stopper. You don't have to do it this year in twenty nineteen. Not at all. Not at all. This is a defensive draft and defensive class that is extremely deep. Um, Next up, let's, th- let's take some fan questions. Uh, first question, what guys do we believe will sneak into the first round? Let's do one prospect each. You know me. <clears throat> I've talked about him a couple times. TJ Hawkinson, tight end for, uh, from Iowa. Yes, I know you have and everyone has Noah Font as the top tight end in this class. Some uh, would say Irv Smith from Alabama, Jeremy. But T.J. Hawkinson reminds me so much of, of Rob Gronkowski before he, he added all the muscle and mass to him uh, before he before he expanded his frame. When you like I said, when you look at T.J. Hawkinson, he blocks like a lineman, but he also can is is extremely efficient in the passing game. You know that play action. One of the best things about Gronk is not only split, splitting my wide, but with his ability to block. When you go play action and he fakes the block and then releases upfield and does that deep cross, that deep over route. Oh, it's, oh my God, it's, nearly, how, it's nearly impossible How to huge was that this past Sunday? People yes. think that it doesn't matter. People are forgetting that tight ends in this game, they're supposed to block too now. And how yes. important was it seeing Gronk just manhandle people and have to keep a defense honest? And you're right, TJ Hawkinson can do the same thing. Yes, and that's and that's the thing. I, you know, like I said, I've seen them go head up with defensive ends. I've seen them come down and and, and crack down on, on linebackers. He gets up to the second level of safeties, similar to Gronk. But what he's able to do, and they even motion him out into the slot and even out wide at receiver. They put him in stack and bunch formations at times. This kid could be a complete and utter game wrecker. Look at Gronk and at Arizona. He had a similar frame. He was not as big as he is now. That, like you said, that NFL nutrition plan, that NFL weight room and weight program had built Gronk into the cyborg that he became. TJ Hawkinson, he may not, I'm not saying he's going to be Gronk, but that's the comp coming into the NFL. I love what he brings to the table. You know what? And, and I love that pick. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to give mine, but I just want to second what you said. I love it because it, it's two things to me. A, I, I just know as much as B, and I, I'm going to say it, being an Eagle fan, and I, hey, Zach Ertz set the record for most catches by a tight end during a season. Hooray, congratulations. I'm not taking that away from you. But how frustrating it was on a third and short or fourth and short when you took Zach Ertz out of the game because he does not block. He's not physical. And to me, right there, you knew it was a run play. And the Eagles got stuck a lot of times. And I'm looking at if Zach Ertz could block 
you the defense would have to play honest. He's your yes. best receiving threat, but you took him out the game because they know, hey, these scouts, these these defenses, they if we know it, Dame, they know it, or at least they should exactly. know it. If you're taking him out and you can't block, we know what you're doing. We know, hey, you're losing now an extra blocker that could be efficient. And hey, we know what hey, there's no threat of a passing game. But you have a guy like TJ Hawkinson who is physical, who can get out there. I love those I hate I'm not trying to stereotype those those Midwest, those Iowa guys, to me, all they did was just, you know, get out there and farm, get physical. I love that kind of and he represents that to me. Just hey, they want they want to play football and they want all aspects of the game. He'll get out there and catch, but he'll also, you know, get dirt down and dirty and block and move some people around. That's what you need. And that's what I'm looking for from tight ends in the future. I'm I'm kinda I'm gonna speak for me, Dame. Not to get too off topic, but I'm yeah. done looking at the tight ends who are just pretty much a bigger form of a wide receiver. They're they're bigger divas. <laughs> you know, I'm done looking at a Zach Ertz, uh, Travis Kelsey in my mind. I love him, but he kind of has that too. I'm done looking at that. I want the tight bring those tight ends back. Bring me back my Gronks, more Gronks, more Jason Wittens, who do both, who get in there and block but also can get out there and move the chains because that's what a tight end is supposed to do. And I think I love it because TJ Hawkinson will do that. Hey, listen, man, I I really want the Patriots to draft him first round. I can tell. If he goes first round, I want the Patriots to get him because he, he is the perfect – if Gronk was to come back for whatever reason, they said he may, he, he, he may not retire because he still has – you obviously see he still has something left in the tank. But if you take him – out of the main tight end rolling, you bring in a tight end or two, two young ones, I would say, one early and one late if you can. Uh, that's a perfect scenario because then he could be the mentor to those guys, especially a guy like TJ Hawkinson. Right. Can't hit what Gronk could be a phenomenal. Well, yeah, you know, and not a popular name to bring up, but I believe that's why Bill Belichick, when he had that Gronk and Aaron Hernandez yes, combo. Yes. He knew that. He knew the most dangerous thing we've we had in the NFL. Yeah, and, and it was a game changer. It, it was uh, it was um, very progressive thinking on on the Patriots' part. But I also think he knew that Gronk needed that help. He knew that Gronk to put the workload all on him yes. would not be. And he's been trying to fill that from a Marcellus for... Bennett or a Dwayne <laughs> Allen. He's trying uh, to find Scott Chandler. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's trying been trying to find for so it. long. Man. And I do believe that something that I'm that's a great point you made that could maybe I mean obviously it's in Gronk's head what he does after the Super Bowl if he's going to come back, but getting help and making sure you have a healthy and rested Gronk where the load's not all on him could right. be the difference on preserving a couple of years from that career. Oh yeah. You might be able to get two more years out of him, to be honest. Yeah. If you can, if you if you lessen his workload. Um, uh, who, 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 I, I, like I said, just looking at what he brings, you know, if I can get two more years out of him, you know, especially keep him healthy for the playoff stretch. Hey, I'm just saying, but the money has to be right too. So yeah, I get it. But I'm um, I'm I'm gonna look at for me a guy who can uh, jump up, and you know me, I wouldn't be doing I wouldn't be doing my job. I would I would probably have you uh worried about me. I'm gonna go to the big <laughs> sexies. I'm going to Chris Lindstrom, guard from Boston College. Uh I really believe he could be a hybrid guard. If he if he gets that footwork right, I'm wondering because six four, three ten. So not that the numbers don't jump, but if he can maintain, he's a strong kid. If he can maintain the, the guard position and protect inside, awesome. You know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. It's not just about the, the, the weight numbers and all that. But I'm wondering also to preserve and to raise that value if he shows that he could do some tackle like, you know, maybe he could, you know, move. I don't know what you think, Dane, but move him out to a right tackle if need be, if there's injuries on the old line. That versatility is always huge for a line. But I like what Chris Lindstrom can bring. I think he brings a nastiness, an ability to really get down and run, run, run block, but also – Showing some uh, potential in his pass protecting game too. I think Chris Lindstrom can definitely. He's a tweener, and those guys they think you can either be scared of them or that you might see more value in them. I think he can be a tweener, and that can bump him from a day two talent to a day one talent. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I think he can. I think he definitely can can bump up there. 
I, and I do like him. I, I like him. I saw I was watching some, some of his reps last night on uh, NFL Network. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that wholeheartedly. Um, next up is Chauncey. The guy I have next is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, safety from uh, Florida. You know, he is 5'11", 207. You know, he, he ended his career. He played three years at Florida, nine interceptions, three uh, defensive touchdowns. But, you know, he has, he has 15 and a half tackles for loss. He has four sacks in three years. He, he, he can do a little bit of everything, man. And, and he covers a lot of ground. He doesn't play deep. He didn't play deep a lot in, in this year, but he has speed and the ability to open up and run. And you can see that when you watch his film. But, you know, he, he, he could play man as well. He, he could be used all over. You know, you can see him in zone. You can play him in man. He, and he does, he does have that hybrid ability where you can bring him down in those dime, those big dime sets, and he plays that, that, that dime backer or that linebacker that in the middle of the field. He plays down where he can cover the tight end or the running back out of the backfield. He has to show more consistency. But I think if he can perform well in this draft process – as well as run well and test well at the combine, he can get into the first round. Okay. I I like that. I really do think he can do it. I'm a big fan of him and what he did at Florida. Good good corner. I'm looking at I'm gonna go back to the big sexies, but I'm looking at Eric McCoy, center from Texas A and M. Okay. And I believe in a year that is not high on centers, I think he and how huge and how important it is to have somebody um, who can really be that anchor for an offensive line, who can really call it and, and can really kind of hold it down for you. I know a lot of teams to me who need that help and need that offensive line help and need someone who can be an anchor at center. He's round two material right now. I believe with a lack of center play and a team that needs it, he can jump up and be first-round abilities. I really do. So I like Eric McCoy from A&M to do it. All right. I, I got to check him out. I've heard the name. I definitely need to check him out. Uh, next question was, name a first-round safety and guard prospect. I'll kick it off. Um, I'm going to Sear Adderley, man. The Sear Adderley from uh, Delaware, he is the type of guy who can have a huge impact. I'm talking huge impact, Jeremy. In this in in this league and in this draft class, he's a type of guy who, when you look at him, you know we look at what Derwin James did last year. You know we look at how how versatile Derwin James was. You know I think Derwin James may be a little bit taller and and everything, but because because uh, Nasir is five eleven two two hundred pounds, but he is the type of guy that can can make those similar type of plays. You put him, you can put him over a tight end. He plays man coverage. He can play deep. He can play in the box. He has the type of skill set that can be. I'm not gonna call him a game record just yet, but when you look in the record, this was a, Ra- a question from Ravens fans. You look at Ed, er, uh, Eric Weddle, he's you know contemplating retirement. This is a perfect to me, a perfect type of guy, a perfect uh replacement to, to put in that Ravens defense. So when I when I look at Nasir. He's going to make plays on the ball. He has great sh- uh, short area quickness and movement skills. He's an outstanding athlete. This he's a form tackle. You don't, you know, they talk, they're trying to get form tackling back in the game and try to take the helmet out of every tackle you know, for player safety. He's a guy that will deliver the big hits, but he also tackles with form and technique. I like Nasir Adderley, man. I do too. I like that pick. I'm going to go with Taylor Rapp, safety from the Washington Huskin, Huskies. Uh, I oh, yeah, my guy. He's a, he's a, he's, he, to me, is a reminder of the Honey Badger with the way he can be a ball hawk, a game changer on that. He come to the line of scrimmage and really disrupt. He'll get after the quarterback on that safety blitz. Can really break up. You're looking at a third, trying to have a third and short. You bring him up in the box can really wreck havoc. I like what Taylor Rapp brings. He has a nastiness. He's not scared to get in there and mix it up. And, hey, he has to be impressive if I'm giving a Pac-12 guy some love like this. You know what? That's what we do here. We let our biases go out the window here on On the Clock (laughs) because 
People know I'm not the biggest Pac-12 guy, but I still will show this young man some love because I think he can be a Tyron Matthew type of talent in the next level. And for teams who need – because the game has changed to me where you need on defense, you need playmakers. You know, Buddy Ryan kind of put that in with his defenses back with the 85 Bears when he coached the Eagles back in the late 80s and early 90s. Hey, let's – let's uh, and you saw it even with the 0-2 Buccaneers. Hey, let's get some turnovers and touchdowns ourselves. And I think that's the way the game is becoming when it's becoming more and more offensive-driven and the league is catering to offenses. You need guys – you know, it's great to have the, the strong and steady type of players who stay in their lane and do their jobs – but I think to really make a difference, you also need some guys who will take chances, who you can move around and kind of go for it. Hey, they may get burned sometimes, but, boy, the reward is worth the risk when they can get you a pick six or a big sack. And I think Taylor Rapp is the kind of guy who will bring life to a defense and can get turnovers and be that kind of ball hawk for you. So I like Taylor Rapp as a safety prospect from Washington. Taylor Rapp is a missile, man. I'm, I, I love what he brings to the table. Uh, the guard prospect that I want to bring up, Garrett Bradbury. He is a guy six, you know, he's he's about six three, six four, three hundred pounds. Uh, he, he's not the strongest guy, play strength wise, but he has good movement skills. He knows how to. He, he's effective and and efficient and consistent in his passing sets. He 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 has good foot speed, which allows him to stay square and mirror his pass rushers. He understands leverage. He understands spacing because he glides very well and climbs to the second level with great timing. So when I look at this guy, and, and not even that, but in the run game, he's a technician, Jeremy, and, and that's huge. Whenever you have a technician, someone that, that understands how to, how to do it and, and what they're doing, that's, that's the biggest thing of it all. Because you, you can have a guy that has all the talent in the world, but if he doesn't know what he's doing, how, where to put his hands, how to – to the, the little nuances. He doesn't understand leverage. His footwork isn't where it needs to be. When they don't have that, it's kind of, it's pointless. It's pointless. No. Man. So uh, I really want to see what he does. Now. And like I said, going going into this class, interior lineman, he's someone I'm definitely watching in this draft pro, in this draft process. No, and that's great points to bring up on the big sexies because a lot of times that's we've seen it so many times. I can go on and on with names who. You see them in college football, and because they're just more physically dominant, they just kind of bull rush you. Not bull rush you, but just pancake you and run you over, and they, they, they depend on that physicality on the next mm-hmm. level. But when you get to the NFL, you're not doing that to guys. No, no, no. You have to have the technique. What are you going to do when you face an Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald? You think you're just going to yes. pancake them? Ha, right. please. Chad <laughs> Johnson, or Ocho Singer, child, please. That's not child, happening. please. That's not so. It's all about having that technique. I really like that name. I also like Cody Ford. We talked about him before, Mount Cody, but not Terrence Ford. Tough, man. yes, Ford, Ford tough. tough. And I like Mount Cody, but he's not Mount. He's not Terrence Cody. He's not Mount Cody from Alabama. No, 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 no. This is a new Mount Cody from Oklahoma. I also like a thing where I'm looking at big, sexy offensive line prospects is. How many starts did you get in college? How you know how, how many reps do you have on your belt? And Cody Ford has reps at Oklahoma. He was an All-American prospect. He's shorter, lower to the ground, can get that uh, leverage, and can really move people. Can re- I love his run blocking, and like you said, I love his technique as well. I really do. I think Cody Ford, to me, as of right now, when it comes to guard prospects, it's his to lose. Cody Ford is the number one guard prospect in the 2019 NFL draft. Yes, sir. I, I, hey, listen, and he's a guy that can, you know, similar to Isaiah Wynn, he could play both. He can play tackle and guard, but I would love to see him inside and, with his viciousness, his power. Man, oh, man. And like I said earlier about Chris Lindstrom, when you're, uh, when you're looking at um, offensive line to keep not only for your team's value, but for, in, for a selfish individual value, you, you will have a longer place in the NFL if you can play multiple positions on an O-line. If you are versatile, that will guarantee you a job longer. So yes, many sir. guys, you know, maybe you were a tackle for a long time, but you're getting maybe too slow for that extra extra step. So, you know what, if you can play guard, they'll move you inside or, what, or vice versa. You know, if you're a guard, but, hey, we need some help on tackle, 
you have the wingspan, you, you have a good first step to get out there, we'll keep you. So for all upcoming offensive linemen, it's great if you want to be one thing. But remember, versatility, if, they can, if a team can use you more, that is huge, and that guarantees you job security. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Next question. Uh, most impressive QB at the Senior Bowl? Uh, I'm going to say Drew Locke. I know a lot of people like the Daniel Jones. I need to watch more. I need to see more. And I need to see something because I don't really I, – I, I don't know. I'm just not there yet. I'm not there yet. Um, but when I look at Drew Locke, he is – he has the most – he has the highest ceiling, most potential in this draft. Um, you know, his play – Missouri was terrible, on, uh, especially offensively. It was just him and Emmanuel Hall, um, which is an underrated receiver. Keep your eyes out for him as well. I believe he's at the Senior Bowl too. Um, uh, but definitely, you know, watch out for him. But, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't much to work with there in Missouri. But with him, it's mainly just consistency with his footwork, similar to Pat Mahomes and, and, and some of the other guys. You know, when I look at Lamar Jackson coming out last year, he was a first-round pick. As a passer, I, yeah, no, Drew Locke is a better passer than he is coming out of college. Jared Allen, I feel the exact same way, you know, and that's just, you know, and that's the thing. He's more athletic than Josh Rosen, but like I said, it's just consistency. Uh, so with him, you know, he has to, you know, find that consistency with his footwork. He, I think he should sit a year, um, you know, for, for a team that, yeah, granted, I know I've seen, I heard some rumbles, you know, maybe the Jaguars, blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like he could, he could do similar things that, to what Baker, because he has that swagger, that leadership ability, kind of what, what, what Baker has and his personality. But you don't put them out there immediately. Let them earn, let let the quarterback in front of them fail for a couple games, and then you throw them out there, or you just sit them for a year. If you're a team like the Saints or the Patriots or the Steelers, I know the Steelers drafted uh, what's his name from Oklahoma State last year, uh, but I don't really believe in him. So it is what it is. Um, you don't believe I, you don't believe in Mason? No. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with Drew Locke. I think he's the, probably the best quarterback here at, at the senior bowl. Uh, as uh, Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Will Greer out of West Virginia. Drew Locke, I am looking. I That, that swag, it works for Baker Mayfield, doesn't work. But Baker Mayfield got it done. He won a Heisman and led Oklahoma to a lot of wins. Uh, I don't know what we can say about Missouri. Drew Locke, also the accuracy issues. I know they threw the ball deep, but that's a question for me. I'm looking at Will Greer, and to me, the thing that they want to knock about him is his arm strength, and I can understand that. He disagrees. Of course he's going to disagree with that, but I think that is a concern. But I do think when it comes to the total package, he's someone – who with having a good week of practice, I'm not trying to get carried away with just focusing on practice. We got to right. see what Saturday does. He's a, a day two prospect who can slip into day one. I like what Will Greer brings to the table. And in my opinion, as far as senior bowl goes, he's the best quarterback there. Not the best QB in the draft, but the best quarterback as far as the senior bowl. All right. All right. Next question. <laughs> Is Rocky Sin worth the hype? Jeremy, uh, I think he is. Uh, from what and, and I watched, let me tell you how I got onto his to his game. I was I was watching uh, Tyree, I think it was Tyree Jackson from Buffalo. I was watching the Buffalo game, and, and when I first heard about Tyree Jackson, shout out to my my boy Eugene. Uh, he he was the one who told me he was like, hey, you know, when I was watching, you know, look at number six, the cornerback from Temple. I started watching this kid, and I'm like, oh man, like. He's out there making plays. So then I start watching a little bit more film on him. Is he the best athlete? When I saw him versus Debo Samuel in practice, you could tell that he doesn't have the long speed, but he has that swagger, that mentality. He has, you know, he's good in press coverage. Um, I like his footwork as well. He does a good job mirroring uh, receivers. Uh, I, I, I think I like his his size as well, his frame. I think he is worth. The, I'm not saying he's the best cornerback in this class by any means. But I think he is a day two prospect that could be a pretty good corner in this league. Ooh, day two. So that's looking. You think he's a round two, round three kind of guy? Mm-hmm. Oof, oof. I'm once again not so fast, my friend. <laughs> and hey, just so I'm a Temple alum, so that's where I knew Rocky Sin from. I I want. I'm glad to see the football program the past few years has been growing, 
It was in, I mean, if there's a room below the basement, below, I don't, I want to say the cellar like that, you know, the, the, the temple football program is in, I guess the cellar, you know how people have them cellars for in their minds. If the zombies come back to, to get you, they got their food. They, 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 they were below that. They were that hole <laughs> in the cellar that, all right, if they get in the cellar, Here's this little hole we'll tunnel our way out through. Temple football program was in that. So I have loved that they have been emerging these past three seasons. On that note, though, Rockison, I think he's a round four, round five talent. Mm. I think he's a guy who can fill in. If you're looking, if you're going against a team, say you're going against the Saints or, uh, for example, or a Rams or a Chiefs, and you need extra DBs in there, he can be a help there because he is long. And, and, you know, he is long and he is physical. But to me, to be a hype guy, um, I don't think he's enough to be a developmental guy where I'm looking at him and saying, yeah, he can be a starting corner for me for a lot of years, even opposite another top corner. I don't think he has that kind of, to me, his athleticism, like you said, is in question. And a big thing for me, we're looking at feet, footwork for all, all these positions. Footwork is key. But when you're yeah. out there covering wideouts and footwork, which was the case for him, is the thing that we question, how fluid you can move against a quick receiver when you're out there on that island. And I'm questioning your footwork. And not only that, you're stumbling and kind of bumbling into your feet. That's a red flag for me where, okay, because of your size and your length, I could take a risk on you as a, if we're in nickel and dime packages. But right now, I'm going to be honest, that's – and I, I, I want to see – you know, we'll see Saturday how he looks. But even throughout his career at Temple, he has me nervous for that. He's not a guy I can feel, all right, I can trust in him and being one of my top corners, you know, one of my top two guys out there to, to, to every Sunday. I think he can be an addition in certain packages. I think that's the – ceiling for him right now okay that's, a, that's an intriguing take uh I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch the tape more on him i, I haven't finished studying but I, I like what i saw from for just you know on the surface um he is physical he is yeah and he is he's long. He, he's not afraid to shoot the hands he'll shoot the arms and, and, and reroute receivers and, and i i like that about him i like like i said his footwork needs some work he has some clean tape he has some not clean tape, you know. But. Right, and I think that's what scares me. It's 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 like when it's bad, it's it's like you know, hey, it's like to me, it's no difference when I'm out if I'm out there covering one of these receivers. Like <laughs> he just looks like he's bumbling and stumbling, and it's like, well, I can get beat like that, you know. I, I what's the difference? <laughs> you can put me out there, I'll get paid or I'll get the attention to get beat as bad and to be bumbling and stumbling my feet. So it's like I, I don't when I see a weakness, I don't want to see a weakness where it's that drastic. Right, and that's right, kind of what you. scares you. me, you know. I got you on that one, man. Um, who are – you know, they, they want us to list some overrated prospects. Um, I'm going to stick to one. And I, we talked about him earlier. Uh, for time constraints, I'm going to stick to one. Um, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones, quarterback um, from Duke. He is an overrated prospect right now. Um, I know a lot of people, David Cutcliffe, that, that connection to Peyton Manning and everything. You know, I get it. I get it. He's athlete, he's a, he is an athletic type of guy who can run, who can run with the ball, and, and he has a strong arm. But I just need to. I, I'm I'm going to try to open my eyes more to see what everybody else sees. Jeremy, I'm sorry, I don't see it right now. I think he is one of the more overrated guys in this class, and I will throw out. Uh, I will throw out one more. Go ahead. I throw out. I, I will throw out one more. I think Greedy Williams is overrated. Oh, yeah. I think Greedy Williams is overrated. We, we talk about footwork and, and things like that. Greedy Williams has a tendency. His footwork has a tendency to be kind of bad at times. Um, for me, with him, I, I, I feel I, I view him as a guy that you put him up against big receivers, he'll flourish. You know, because he's a tall corner. He he doesn't travel well. He doesn't move as well. Opening, you know, one thing about taller corners like Greedy and even Richard Sherman in man coverage, you know, Patrick Peterson, because he's a different type of athlete, he's fine. He has fluid hips, but that hip fluidity is huge. Turn, is huge because when you get a guy that can 
that has the moves at the line of scrimmage, the Odell Beckhams, and even Julio, you know, even though he's 6'4", he has the footwork of a little guy. And when they can make you open your hips before you want to, you already, you've already lost. So that's the thing. Like, and I see that with Greedy, especially when you put him in the slot, he definitely is not somebody I want there. Um, he's a guy that's going to – even if it's smaller receiver, Jerry Judy, that, that, he gave him work. Jerry Judy gave him work. Um, I, I just don't – I think it's just a tad bit overrated because he's not even my best, the best corner on the board for me. I take, I'm taking Byron Murphy and DeAndre Baker, Byron Murphy Washington, DeAndre Baker from Georgia, over him. So – I think he's a tad bit overrated. I see, I've seen him in top – at some points, I saw him top 10, top 5, and then the more I watch his tape, the more I fell out of love with him. So uh, I think he's overrated as well. Mm, 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 mm. I like it. I really do. I was thinking – wasn't sure, but I, I do think that that's a good – Greedy Williams can – I think that's a good, interesting pick. I'm going to go with – I'm gonna go with Drew Locke. Wow, I'm gonna go with Drew Locke. I got it. true. I, I get it. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you? I mean, I I just don't think. I get it. I I don't think he's a guy I would take on day one. True. Unless yeah. I'm, I, I I'm reaching, I get it. Unless I'm reaching for a quarterback. Yeah, like I said, for me, like a team like the Dolphins, you got Ryan Tannehill. I say you could draft the Drew Locke because you allow Ryan Tannehill to either play poorly or get hurt midseason, which is a given with his career, and then then you throw Drew Locke in there and allow him to get prepared for the following season. Um, I, don't, I don't think you draft him to be your day one starter. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I still – I think at 13, I think with Adolfo, I think that's too high. I really do. I think that's a great team to go to. Who needs it? But I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's too high. I don't like the inaccuracy. I don't like the attitude. It, it works well on 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 uh, uh, excuse me, Baker Mayfield. It doesn't work well on Drew Locke. Uh, I don't think he has really the just the the overall. I think he's too raw of a talent to take there. I really do. I, 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 I like. Gamers, I like competitors. I like winner. I Drew Locke did not personify to that to me at Missouri. He's too inaccurate. He's a too inaccurate. And I, I mean, turnovers and 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 inaccuracy are the two things that will jump out to me when I'm looking at QB prospects. And Drew Locke, Drew Locke has the inaccuracy to me. I don't. I think, especially now, throwing Kyler Murray into that mix. I'm looking at teams. Hey. Sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. You'll have two guys who can make that first round talent talent as quarterback. That's that's the that's what you deal with. Do not reach on guys. And I I say that for Drew Locke. I say that for Will Greer, who I think will get bumped into the first round as well. Why are you reaching guys? Build your team. I'd rather take a chance on a veteran quarterback. I'd rather take a chance on that. Build up my team. All right, let's let's improve and then let's wait for something that we like than necessarily going for a reach and then you're tied to this guy and you're rushing him or you're waiting for him to develop. I, I don't know. I think Drew Locke to me and no, I don't even think it's necessarily. I mean, I guess it is his doing because how he played, but I think it's just this quarterback-driven society that every year we have to elevate quarterbacks much higher than what they're supposed to be. So I'm I'm putting Drew Locke there. All right, I hear you on that one, man. Um, the final question was, with a strong senior bowl, where do we believe Caleb McGarry uh, will, will fall in this class? Um, when I, I was you know, looking at Caleb McGarry, you know, he's, he's a good athlete. Uh, you know, he, he's about six, he's six, six, three, 318, mountain of a man. You know, he's a good athlete, he, he, but he has some, some – Mm, he has some some bad tendencies, you know, dipping his head and his eyes and run and run blocking. He can steamroll guys. When he's on his game, he can move people. He'll wash you down. He 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 can be aggressive um, in the passing sets as well. His kick slides a little bit of a problem. If he has a good senior bowl, I could see him day three, round four. 
I'll see him round four. I think so. I think he's a a mauler. I like him. I I like a big nasty guy like that. But I, I don't. I don't. I think he's a day three guy. I think I well. I think he he can potential to get to the route to third round. So that may make him a day two guy. But I think he is a mauler, a nasty kind of guy. I like his size, but I think he's still kind of too raw for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think I'm with you too, on that. He's too raw. And I, I think there's just um, – and that's okay. That's why we have seven rounds in this draft. You can yeah. take guys who are raw and work and projects. With yeah, and, and, and work with them on that. I really, really do. But I, I also just think he kind of reminds me uh, – I don't know, Damien, if you feel this way, but he kind of reminds me so far of what I had mentioned earlier, a guy who looks to – Use his physical attributes too much. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. And that's something I don't want in my – because you're not going to do that on the next level. You're not no. going – we've seen guys who are bigger, stronger, nastier than him on the college football level. You know, I'm thinking of Leonard Davis and Robert Gallery and all these guys, and they get to that next level and they crap out because you, you can't just pancake guys every play in the no. NFL. It, this is a this is a league for men. It, yes, this sir. is a league for men, and so you can't just depend on that. And that's what I'm seeing too much of him doing. Is I'm in the the I hate I'm not even trying to be mean Pac-12 fans, but I'm in the soft <laughs> Pac-12, and and I'm I'm bullying these guys. It's not going to work on the next level. I need to see no. more technique. Um, can be someone can you know maybe work on and develop him. And and I, I definitely don't think he's a starter, you know, in his rookie season, but maybe on the bench as a backup and maybe can work in, work himself up. Who knows from there? But I, on that note, to me, the highest I would take Caleb McGarry is is round three. True. Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 the, you know, best case scenario, round three, round three to five. I think that's where he'll fall, round three to five. Yeah, very, very um, good question, though. Yeah. Because he's an interesting so, prospect. Yeah, dope, dope question. Um, but that is all of our questions, um, and that is our you know we talked senior bowl. Um, you know who's gonna make some money. Talk about best the most important positions, and we answer fan, fan mail. So definitely, uh, like I said, tune into the senior bowl Saturday. I think it's two thirty Eastern on NFL Network. See all these young prospects and see who catches your eyes and. Who makes them some money on Saturday? Right, but um, and uh, uh, next Thursday we'll give them some our our uh, insights, some Senior Bowl recaps, yeah, and, and some other interesting uh, uh, you know draft conversation for you. And you know, please hit us up with more questions on our Twitter yeah. page, on Facebook as well. We we love to hear them. These are a great oh, yeah. batch of questions. Oh yeah, yeah it makes good makes for good dialogue and good conversation. But as always, guys, I'm Damian Parson. That's Dermy Dove on the clock with Damien Dermy. We thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good weekend. Peace.